Welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. We are brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Very special episode for you today. We have special guests in the house. We're recording on a special night. It's everything's out of the ordinary. We're just mm-hmm. throwing it. It's going to be a crazy show. We're it's gonna a wild day. Yeah, so we're recording. It's actually Monday, May 2nd, first episode of May. Hey, got to be happy about that. Of course, it turns out to be a very cold and rainy day in May, but also love that too. We've needed a little bit of rain. I am Jared All, joined as always by Connor Holskamp. Hello, hello. I, I, I'm really bummed that we didn't move the podcast two days later, to, or the day later, till May 4th, so we could do uh, May the 4th oh, be with you. Woof. We still can't because woof. some of the listeners out here are listening to it on May 4th. So, Connor, this is your opportunity. Uh, you get one if, drop. If, if you are listening to this on May 4th, then may the 4th be with you. Nick, and also with Nick, you. Come let's on. Move you on. Say we, and also I, with I, you. Just, gross. All right. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to actually one day back cue the Justin Timberlake, it's going to be May. Oh, yes. See, we, Ooh, that's we, like not as good, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> oh, no, that's totally better. Uh-huh. You get the meme with it and everything, so it, it really fits. It works. Mm. Uh, but we, we we have a special episode today. We got Tyler Walgie joining us in studio here in a bit to go over some Avalanche playoff talk. That uh, series begins... Tuesday, I believe, uh, Tuesday the 3rd. So, again, by the time most of you guys listen to it, it will have started, but we're going to break that series down, what to expect from the Avs. Uh, but a lot went on this weekend as well. There was a, a full seven rounds of the NFL draft, and the Broncos made nine selections. Ooh. Oh, that was big. Are you guys surprised they made as many as they did? I thought they would trade out more to try to get more picks for next year because they don't have a ton of draft picks. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised not, or, or not surprised. Okay. <laughs> I think it's all right. I think it's okay. Yeah, and, and I th- I've heard of a lot of scouts say that the, the heart of this draft was in those third, fourth, fifth rounds, which is where the, the Broncos made a lot of draft picks. Uh, we're going to have some fun today with this. We're going to have a play a little game, okay? Uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts. Do you, were you Are you guys behind some of the moves that the Broncos made over the weekend? Uh, are you guys a little worried about it, okay? So we're going to play a game called Bless It or Stress It. I'm going to give you guys, uh, you know, a scenario and will you guys will tell me, do you bless the move that they made or are you stressed about the move that they made? Okay. And the bless is a good thing. Bless is a good clear, thing. Okay. Yes. It's always a good thing. You're right. behind it. You're, yeah. you're giving your blessing. You're always blessed. You're giving your blessing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Getting my Russell Wilson on. Got That's it. right. I got it. First one. You get it now. Mm-hmm. I'm here. How do you guys feel about the Broncos using their first pick, which was a second, the last pick of the second round on an edge rusher? That being Nick Bonito from Oklahoma. I am going to start on this one, and I am going to say, bless it. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Ooh, coming in hot with the start of the week right away. How do you Fire. like that? Right, right here at the beginning of the Fire. show. I didn't expect it. I had no idea. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, yeah, I got, got something here. I, I do like the pick. I like you, you can never get enough edge rushers in the NFL. It's always a good move to get Especially an edge rusher. Especially when you have a bunch of injury prone guys. For sure, for sure. You know, and obviously it's a, you know, big year for some of the current Broncos edge rushers. But for the stat of the week, uh, Nick, is it Benito? Is that how you say it? Benito? I, I, I think it's Benito. I could be saying this wrong. Mm. I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. I've not really heard many of these names properly said. So if I botch any of these draft picks names, give me a few months until I learn how to say all of them, okay? Because they drafted some strange names, okay? Yeah, yeah, all to right. say the least. So uh, Nick over here, not producer Nick, but the Nick that rushes passers, had a 9.37 
relative athletic score. Now, I'm just going to tell you really quickly what that means, a relative athletic score. It's basically they take all of their combine numbers, their athletic numbers, right? They take their size, their, you know, muscle mass, all this stuff, and they kind of come together with a conglomerate, like how good of an athlete are you? That 9.37 ranks 96 out of over 1,500 defensive ends from 1987 to 2022. Wow. So, you know, judging by this athletic score, he is one of the most athletic DNs that have been drafted in the last, you know, since 1987. So... Hey, I like it. You can't go wrong with athletes, right? It definitely feels like a best player available type draft selection, which I think is is smart, especially early in the draft, not to to pigeonhole yourself into certain positions. I like the pick, Nick Benito. Edge rusher, though, man, I don't know that that's what I felt like. You know, we needed really with that pick if we're going to take it. What do you think, Nick? Are you blessing this or are you stressed about it? Yeah, I'm blessing it. I think uh, according to what Peyton said, you can't have enough outside rushers. Quote, you look at our division, all the quarterbacks, you can't have enough pass rushers. So I think anything the Broncos can do to get some pressure in a stacked AFC West, it's not necessarily the move I thought they would make, but yeah, trendy, sexy. Let's go. And we can confirm it is Bonito. Bonito. I looked okay, it up. Thank so you, there thank we go. There, there's there's no rolling letters or anything in there. Okay. I, I like it, man. I, I no. do. I, I like him being able to get out, you know, just like Nick said, that's a good point. With this, you know, division, with all these pass, uh, you know, passers in this division, got to be able to get there. And, uh, and I like, I mean, he seems like a really explosive, um, he, he seems like he might need some development in terms of different moves and he's not, he's kind of undersized. So he's really just going to be a guy that's going to, uh, kind of a one trick pony for right now, but he's athletic enough that I think he, he's going to make an impact this year. I definitely see him in the rotation. So I like Is this it. a sign potentially that the Broncos are preparing themselves to move on from Bradley Chubb? No. Beyond his rookie contract? No, hard to say. I think it's one of those things that to Peyton's point, you just got to load up on talent. I think one of the biggest issues that at least consensus wise from the actual people that watch the guy is that he's not necessarily great against the rush. And so I think it's something where you have fresh guys to come in out. I don't think that says anything positive or negative about Bradley Chubb. I mean, I think it's definitely a prove it year for Bradley Chubb. Like, I mean, obviously, right? I mean, this is it. It's yeah, time you, bring, you bring in a big money free agent. You use your first pick when you didn't have a first round draft pick. You use your second round pick on an edge rusher. Absolutely. Whether or not it's him keeping his job, you know, keeping his starting role or or getting a big extra, a big contract on his net contract. You're right. It's a prove it year for him. And, and I don't I wouldn't go as far as to say it's an indictment on Bradley Chubb, but I absolutely would say that it is uh, kind of a peek into, I don't know, their thought process. Like, they, they understand that Bradley Chubb might not be here beyond this year. And so they, they're looking ahead and saying, hey, if we don't have Bradley Chubb next year, then we're going to definitely be short on pass rushers, right? I mean, it's good, like Peyton says, always get your pass rush. You, you can't have too many pass rushers. But at the same time, I do think it says something that they're getting a guy because they're like, hey, we really may not have Bradley Chubb after this year. So, All right. Moving on to the next one. After making that pick in the second round, the next pick for the Broncos was drafting Greg, and I'm probably botching this one too, Dulcich. I'm going to go with Dulcich. Yeah, it's safe. You know, it could be a Dulcich type of thing. I don't know exactly how that's pronounced, but uh, with their third round pick, they missed out on Trey McBride, who actually went earlier in the second round, so they really wouldn't short of trading up, would not have had a chance at Trey McBride. Uh, they go with Greg Dulcich in the third round out of UCLA. Uh, what are you guys? Are you guys blessing this move, or, or are you guys stressed about this? Yeah, I'll bless it. I'll bless it. They need a tight end. Obviously, Noah Fant not here. Albert O is going to, of course, get the 
you know, get the shot. He's the lion's share. Yeah, he's well, he's going to – I mean, he's – I think everyone expects him to obviously be the starter week one, and he's going to have the first crack at it. But, uh, no, I, I don't mind it. I mean, it, you know, from everything uh, I, I read about him too, he's – he is a capable blocker. He's not necessarily very good at his blocking technique, uh, but he is more willing. Like he, he plays a very physical brand uh, of. I feel like football. that's really what counts for a tight end. You got to at least try. Over the years, you'll develop some technique. You just right, for try. sure. So he's a little, he's physical and and you know can stress the field a little bit. I, I like it. I'll, I'll bless it. Okay, Nick, you blessing this? Unfortunately. I'm going to go with Connor, and I'm also going to bless it. I think it's a good mix in regards to Albert O and what they can do for the field. Quote from our boy Dolchich, with my receiver background, the separation I get, it wasn't around with any of the other tight ends in this class. That's something that makes me stand out, and that's something I'm going to contribute to the next level. End quote. So with that said, I think it's a guy that vertically is going to give you the ability to to have a safe option for us to get acquainted with the offense. And it, it certainly seems like a Hackett-type pick based on the kind of offense he likes to run. I absolutely love this move. This is probably my favorite draft pick that the Broncos made. I I, I think I see starter potential here. Uh, I'm a, a CU Bus fan. For those of you listening that haven't picked up on that, we don't really talk a lot of college football on here, but I'm a huge CU Bus fan. I'm a season ticket holder. And obviously, they get a chance to play UCLA just about every year. And in in you know, three years playing there, Dulcich absolutely tore them up. He's a vertical guy. He's very athletic. I think he fits very well into this system, what he's going to do. And we could see him paired with Albert O on the field in what they do. And he's a kind of a more of a move tight end. So I love this move. I think he's going to be an impact guy. Maybe not early on, but throughout the course of this well, year, he's going to have his role. And, and I did... Uh just again with the fact yes, check on please, the fly. It is. Do- do. It, it I'm is sorry. I, I didn't take my time to do it. I know. Yell at me, everyone. No, no, hey, out you were you were good though. It's Dulcich. Dul- okay, Dulcich. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, I think it's also worthwhile to at least point out that traditionally, um, Russell Wilson hasn't been a huge tight end guy. I mean, he really hasn't. But I don't know if that's really a product of them just not having a guy. Really, I mean. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I, I mean, don't know. I, they got Jimmy Graham. They did get Jimmy Graham, and, and you know, Everett wasn't a bad uh, option in the red zone. Um, but but I do think philosophically, the the Seahawks have more gone towards blocking tight ends. I know you mentioned Jimmy Graham, which is true, but yeah. um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because it just you just kind of look at his career. He hasn't really had a tight end that he uses a lot. So. All right. We'll now, now he's got two. I think that could be productive for him. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Next one up. Broncos only drafted one offensive lineman in the fifth round that was center Luke Wattenberg, and they didn't draft an offensive tackle in the entire draft. You guys blessing that move, or are you guys stressed about that one? Uh, You're putting me on the spot here, Jared. I I sure am. You know what? I'm going to say stressed. I'm going to say stressed, but uh, I'm also, you know, hey, I'm going to cross my fingers, hope for the best. I think, you know, I'm going to trust... Peyton and and his evaluation, you know, their team's evaluation on on these different linemen. But yeah, no, it is. It does stress me out a little bit that the last tackle the Broncos have drafted is Garrett Bowles. Um, I mean, we're getting we, we've mentioned up on, uh, you know, previous shows. He's he's not a spring chicken anymore. Garrett Bowles isn't. And, you know, I feel like you always want to be looking for your next tackle. So I'm, I'm going to say stressed on that, although it does put Lloyd Cushenberry on notice. I, I do this move. 
absolutely puts and i did kind of throw two things in there i think what i'm hearing from you not to put words in your mouth is you like the 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 move in in drafting a center in luke wattenberg but the fact that they didn't draft a tackle is is where you're concerned yeah yeah okay nick would you agree i'm gonna bless it i think it's a guy that's more of a utility guy which is maybe maybe again we're getting into the later rounds where again let's just be honest we don't necessarily know the full intentions of what the broncos are looking to do or not do couple quick stats he played 54 career games with the school record 48 consecutive starts at various positions some center some left guard and some tackle so seems to be a utility guy uh and then also to the garrett bowles point he's 24 years old so maybe it's somebody that gives you a little bit more experience like i had mentioned last week where hey he's gonna spot start in case of injury or things like that is that to say what their plan is no idea but and then then again you gotta also mention like these mid-round guys which is I mean, it's, let's just be honest. That's essentially what the Broncos got was just a bunch of mid-round guys, right? Uh, if these guys are contributors, then you hit on that pick. Exactly. Like, you're not expecting these guys. I mean, truly. What a like, take. Yeah, I think, I think the but first two we discussed, them to be Nick starters, Benito you know? and, what a take. and Greg Dulcich, I think, are guys you expect to contribute this year. You're, you start getting to that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh where they made a majority of their picks. Yeah, I, then it's just like if they end up ever contributing the NFL, you're just like, oh, that's a win. You know what I mean? Because you're not expecting. like the, the, the grades on these guys are all like, like low end backups. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what they project to be as like a very low end backup player, but like of course there's people every year that that have that grade on them that end up exceeding those expectations. So we'll see. All right, moving on. What else you got for me, Jared? Moving on to our next one here. How do you guys feel about the Broncos drafting a wide receiver and granted in the 5th round in Montreal, Washington out of Samford? Uh, in in a what what seems to be a, a fairly loaded wide receiver room, there's not a whole lot of room in there. What do you guys feel about them taking oh, a wide I receiver? I love it. I'm gonna I, I, I bless it, bless it, and it's like low key my favorite draft pick okay. that the Broncos made. I love this draft pick. I think I think again when you're talking about players being put on notice, like this is KJ Hamler. Like hey. <laughs> you're put on notice here because this guy has the potential to take your job. And, you know, how many how many healthy seasons does KJ Hamler have? Zero. So, I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury. Um, I, I heard this in the media talked a lot about uh, as a special teams, like a, as an exclusive kick returner, special teams. And that's all great. Like, if everything goes according to plan, then, like, that's fine. Like, he can be a special teams, you know, he was certainly an explosive punt and kick returner. Um, you know, had I think he had four returns for touchdown uh, in college. So, I mean, he, he's really good at that. And so I see that as like, hey, at least you're going to get that out of him, which is definitely something that is valuable. Um, but if KJ Hamler doesn't end up coming back, this is just another wide receiver that kind of has that take the top off the defense speed. So I like it. I love it. I'm going to I want some more of it. I'm going to slightly stress it. It feels like the Broncos have a pretty solid core. Knowing that the Broncos had other needs to fill, I don't necessarily disagree with the pick. It's obvious that we need a punt kick returner. Do I know enough about the guy to tell you that it was absolutely a home run pick in the fifth round? It's certainly based on all that you read that the Broncos may have reached on him a little bit and could have waited. So for those reasons... I'm going to slightly stress. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, Nick. I'm going to stress a little bit less about the pick itself and more going back to the previous question about the lack of 
offensive line depth that I think the Broncos had. To me, that's one of their biggest weaknesses, not only now, that could hinder them greatly by the time you get into the regular season, an injury or two happens, and now you got some scrubs in there. So I would like to see them continue to fill that depth out, but also in the future. There's not a lot of guys they have on this line that are really locked in long-term and are, are solidified as your starters. So to continue to build, the, this middle part of the draft is where you often find a lot of good, solid linemen, whether be it starters that develop in or guys that develop into stars over time or, you know, your long-term bench backups. Uh, I think that I would like to see them have gone more into the trenches with this pick than the receiver. I hope he turns out to be a stud. I think we all do. Um, next one up. You always, so wait, hold on. Let me get this straight. You, you, <laughs> you want to have the Broncos take multiple offensive linemen in this draft? Every draft. Oh, Every wow. draft, always. Okay. Why wouldn't you? Some of the mm. best offensive linemen in the league were drafted fifth, sixth, seventh round. You should be taking picks every round, every year, in in just taking a stab at a guy that could develop into your See, premier I, left tackle, I, your your I, center. Connor, oh my your Connor, anchor Connor is startled. Connor is officially startled right now. <laughs> You're not drafting a sixth round offensive lineman Travis in, the, in the hopes a, in the hopes that he's going to Jason develop Kelsey, into a who was one of the lineman. one of the best centers in the league over the last decade. Jason Kelsey was drafted in the sixth round. Yes, and also Tom Brady was. So drafted why in the not take a step? They should also, and I'm not saying uh-huh. you necessarily see it every year, but. You should also be taking stabs on quarterbacks late because those guys do exist. This is how you develop a team is hitting on those picks. You're not always going to hit on your first rounders. Jared, Jared, true or false, the Broncos are trying to compete now. Like they are trying to compete next year and the next, like really. What happens when Billy Turner goes down week three? Who's who is Mm -hmm. your tackle now? Well, what's his name? Anderson. Oh, what's his name? Anderson. Calvin Anderson. And that's that's what I'm saying. That's not a, a, I prefer a what's vote, his name, Anderson. A, a vote yeah, of confidence. Yeah, what's his name, Anderson? Yeah. <laughs> that's not a vote of confidence. In my mind, I'd love to see a guy that maybe slipped, that felt him. I don't. I can't yeah, say specifically. But a sixth-round offensive lineman is not going to be a better starter than a Calvin Anderson. Like, How do you know that? Okay, I, I promise right. you I'm there are guys that went in the sixth round mm-hmm. that uh, at offensive line that are going to be starting this year. Guys that are going to be playing better than Calvin Anderson. And if you get that guy... Then you just made a Let's, great pick. This is a guy at best case scenario is your fourth it. receiver. Save that clip. Save. I'm going to look at all the offensive linemen at the end of this year and see if any of them are uh, worthwhile. It's officially on the noggin. It's saved. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario <laughs> this year, Montreal, Washington. And by the way, over the course of the next three to four years, best case scenario is your fourth receiver and a punt returner. That's a guy that you can get as an undrafted free agent. You don't need to use a fifth-round draft pick on that when you could potentially be drafting a future starter at offensive line or defensive line, play positions that guys need we, we that shall development. See. I, I hear we have a quarterback that kind of likes to throw it deep every once in a while. I don't know. Just so, little, you know, it's kind of good bit. to have some burners out there that want to did the compa- He did compare himself to Tyreek Hill. He did. Oh, that's he, always great. Yes, yeah. Just ask him. Yeah, no, literally, he'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell you all about it. All right. All right. All okay. right. Let's Believe it or not, while we've talked mostly about the offense, a majority of the picks that came from the Broncos were actually on the defensive side of the ball. They took six of their nine draft picks on defense. You guys blessing that move, or are you guys stressed about it? I'm blessing it. Oh, yeah, blessing. Yeah, and the the AFC West, I think it's just important to load up on talent. I know what I'm saying is super obvious, but you just cannot stress enough how much pressure is going to be so important to the Broncos' success this year. And it's just really important to have. And, and you need to be in control of games late so that Russ can do what Russ does. All right. And of those 
six defensive players, three of them were defensive backs, either corners or safeties, uh, namely being Damari Mathis uh, out of Pitt, Fayon Hicks out of Wisconsin, the two corners, and then uh, the safety, he's listed as a safety at least on NFL Network when I, where I was watching, Delarian Turner-Yell out of Oklahoma. He played a lot of corner nickel in, in college as well, so he's a guy that's a little bit versatile at the defensive backfield. So how are you guys feeling about the DBs? Are you guys blessing those moves? They kind of went heavy in the defensive black backfield. I don't know much about them, but I'm blessing it because I do think in the NFL and in this division, cornerbacks pretty similar to uh, edge rusher in that you just you need to have depth there. Um, I'm going to bless it, and uh, I know that the Broncos are probably going to be in a lot more dime packages, nickel packages this year than they were with the Fangio era, and so... With that said, I definitely I'm going to bless it and saying it's good move. I love that they got two cornerbacks. Don't know much about these particular two, but I'm going to say I like the two cornerback move and a safety. So I like it. Yeah, depth is king. Let's go. And I'm double checking right now, but I'm going to add one more here uh, as a last one. They did not draft a linebacker. Am I am I correct? No, yeah, like an correct. off ball linebacker. How do you guys feel about that? You guys liking that? You guys uh, okay well, with that? Or is that they went with, stress you? I, I believe they went with. Two D tackles, if I remember Correct. correctly. Yeah, that's so, what I'm looking it up to confirm. So yeah, they, they went two D tackles and and they got all those defensive backs. Yeah, they. I mean, that's a glaring hole. Obviously, I said it last week that that was something I really was looking for him to draft uh, in, in this draft. So I guess uh, I'm going to stress that one a little bit. I I I. I, I I, I think they should have gotten a linebacker. It seems like we've had this hole for years and years, and like the Broncos just refuse to try to. It's plug almost it. like a stubbornness, right? They just refuse to go draft it, and sometimes yeah. those guys are falling in their laps. That is it, Nicobe Dean out of uh, Georgia that really slipped down the draft. That seems like a guy that a team like the Broncos that sort of needed that splash pick late could have gotten for a guy like that, and really could have. Pro- I mean, he could have produced early. He could have been a guy that was on the on the field at least as a special teamer throughout this season so i'm a little bit stressed as well are you are you agreeing with us nick no i'm not stressed i think uh in peyton we trust you got russ wilson it just doesn't stress me out right now uh i know i'm still riding the high what two three months afterwards now nah, we're good let's we're go good. all right is that your last stress that's my one? last stress i got bless. one for you okay on okay. the fly here i'm okay. gonna add one okay. for you guys all right nick you ready for this i'm always ready okay so uh, Warren Sharp at Sharp Football has an analytics model that ranks uh, just using analytics largely based. He has some context in his tweet, but it's largely based off of where a player was expected to go and then where they went. So that's kind of the crux of it. But he ranks all 32 NFL teams and the Broncos, according to his model, finished dead last in the draft. 32 out of 32. Are you stressing that or blessing that? Do you think it's right or wrong? I think that's I can't that 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 shocks me. I guess a yeah. little bit. Um, so I'm no. I think this is, this seems like clickbait to me. Okay. I, am I am I am I reading that wrong? I, mean, I, I know I, it's an analytics model, so it's not yeah, necessarily his that's opinion. True. That's, it's not like Bell Kuyper's B minus grade so or whatever. Think, you know? I think we're going to look back on that when it's all said and done and feel like that was not accurate. Sure, the, the analytics told you that's what it was. When we look back in the future, that's not going to be how we reflect back on it. I think this was certainly not the worst. So you're blessing the draft. I'm, I'm blessing the draft. The draft. Uh, overall, right. honestly, I'm pretty happy with it. This feels like a 
best position available, all the, or best player available all throughout. I, I think there's some obviously targeted needs in the defensive backfield. Uh, they obviously went and got a tight end, which is something I think is is good to get that depth. But I just look at guys that they felt like were the best players, and hopefully that pans out. I think teams that do that tend to be much more successful with, than when you decide you're picking a certain position going in. What do you guys think? Overall thoughts. Are you guys happy with this draft? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, going to Connor's point, I think the draft can be overanalyzed to a T. I don't know if that's the right saying, but you've got guys where like Ryan Leaf was picked second. Mitch Trubisky was picked 10th. I think you've got situations where guys that just Russell Wilson was a third round draft pick. You know what I mean? So I'm never going to stress over the analytics. It all comes down to scheme. It all comes down to need and role. So for that reason, Warren Sapp, you're a legend. But I'm, He's but I'm not stressed. But I'm not stressed, baby. Let's All go. right. Time will tell. All right. Before we move on, I got to uh, I got to knock myself a little bit here. I, I put together about a month ago some over unders that we kind of reviewed last week, and I told you guys we'd follow up again this week. Uh, wow, I was way off on a few things in some of my approaches in setting these over unders. Uh, we'll start with the one that was. By far the worst. I had the quarterbacks uh-huh. over under at three and a half in the uh-huh. first round. Pathetic. You want to know how long it took for that to happen? Three rounds. It was like 90 draft picks before the fourth <laughs> quarterback was drafted. So, wow. Uh, way off. Only one went in the first round, and that was uh, Kenny Pickett to the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny small hands. Uh, feels like they probably could have waited on that one. I think they... they Got him thinking everyone else was about to start drafting quarterbacks, and then nobody did. Some of these guys that I'm really surprised ended up falling to the fifth, sixth round, even going undrafted. So, shocker. Malik, I was really surprised. Uh, yes. Malik Willis, he went, what did he go, third round, I believe? That is... Yeah, and he's a guy that I I saw almost everyone unanimously calling him a first rounder. So very surprised at that. And you know, touche to these GMs sticking true to their evaluations and not overdrafting quarterbacks. That's typically what you see happen. All right, moving on. <laughs> We're just going to quickly touch on this one because we just said it. Uh, first, the over under for the first quarterback. We all had the under at nine and a half. It was twenty. Pathetic. It was twenty. So a little bit off Ooh. there. Um, receivers drafted in the first round six. I believe that ties an NFL record. It might be one short of the NFL who went record. Over? But I did. I was the only one who went over. You guys both went under. There were six. We set that at mm. four and a half. So Shooting his own horn over yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. The other Sick. one shocked me. Shocked me. Literally shocked. Alabama players in the first round. Only two. Only two. And I think there was only five or six in the whole draft. That is so unheard of of Alabama teams of late. They're usually spitting out five or six in the first round. Uh, so... Connor and Soaps, you both, uh, actually, all of us went over on that. So we uh, we all fell for that one. Wow, haven't got one right yet. And then the last one, oh. uh, you did get this one right, Connor. It's the depressing one for those of us in Colorado because we set the over under low. We said one and a half players from Colorado drafted, and it hit the under. Trey McBride, the only one that goes. He did go in the second round, which is a little bit earlier than a lot of people thought. Um he was the first tight end off the board, so good for him. But no CU players went, no UNC, any of the other smaller No Western State around. guys, huh? No Western State, nothing. Uh, so no Adam State? Unfortunate. A lot Alamosa. of guys now are signing contracts. No Pueblo guys. If you follow college football, be sure to tune into some of the other Woos Media shows, namely being the show that Tyler Walge and I do, Buffs Nation. If you guys like football, tune into Woos Media. Go find them on the player you listen to now. Just type in Woos Media. You can find all the 
other shows. All right, guys, it's playoff time, which means it's the best time to get signed up with Thrive Fantasy. If you haven't already, what are you doing? It's so easy, guys. Get on there. You give our promo code RED, that's R-E-D, and you get a free $100. They will match up to $100. If you're not betting on college or on, on NHL hockey, first of all, Tyler Walgie is about to come on in a minute, and he's going to have some words with you because the man, this is his bread and butter. Thrive Fantasy is where he goes. Guys, they give parlays. They give props for parlays. They pay out better than just about anyone. Go find them. Thrive Fantasy online, thrivefantasy.com, or download the app. All right, without further ado, we have brought the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend. Legend. NHL insider. Insider. Expert? What are you? Well, let's not even go that far. I'm just Uh, a guy. He's just a guy. I'm just an NHL guy who loves a little hockey. He's a professional sports better. I'm half Canadian. How about that? I'm half Canadian. Are you? Well, in, in hockey season, I am. Oh, I expected a round of applause from the audience. No, nope, that's no, not. No. I'm not worthy. When no. you get dapped up like that, you <laughs> just gotta come on strong. You know what? You know what I mean? tried to call you an expert. Had you gone with it, the crowd probably would have joined. I mean, as soon as you, as soon as you question it, now, now everyone's I, just wondering. So I've been in the studio for a couple minutes, getting ready and listening to you guys talk. I do the, the whole draft grades thing. It's so stupid. It's ridiculous. The whole people giving draft grades. You want to know how to get an A plus on a Mel Kiper draft grade? Connor, you could get the job as the the president of football operations tomorrow is the Broncos. And if you want to get an A plus on Mel Kiper's draft grade, you just print off Mel Kiper's pick, and every <laughs> yeah. time you're up, go oh, yeah, yeah, take him. But you'll get an A plus. So just saying, we weren't actually talking about the draft grades. I was saying it's not the draft grades. That was the whole point. It was an analytics model. But that is still something that happens, right? It it people react. Yeah. But, so, but so my point was that it was an analytics even, model. Analytics and it not wasn't. what Warren Sharp. If Warren Sharp was any good, don't you think he'd be hired by now? Right, right. Well, by one of these NFL teams. One of the things Warren to add Sharp, on there, more like Warren analytics. I think analytics have been proven to be a very important part in a evaluating players teams but to evaluate the analytics of college transitioning to pros it's so different and, mm-hmm. and, and soaps you touched on it with the scheme and the fit and all of that the coaching everything changes so you don't really know even looking at the analytics what this is well, going to transition analytics to. too it's so first of all whenever anyone hears analytics they just immediately jump to some you know super complex thing when a lot of times it's not but honestly i mean uh when you talk about analytics and driving decisions in sports, and I know we're going to move on, so I'll make this quick, but let's just use an example real quick. If you're going for a two-point conversion, okay? Analytics says go for two every time because you're going to convert 53, 54% of the time and and uh, it's all about you know expected value, expected points, right? So if you're going to get one point 98% of the time because they miss 2%, right? And if you're going to get... Uh, two points, whatever it is, 54, 55% of the time, because it's gone up the last couple of years. It's it's worth like 1.17 points to go for two instead of like 0.98 points to kick the extra point. So the, my point is, though, if you're at the end of the game and you need one point, why would two. analytics ever matter? So people insert, analytics into, people insert analytics into sports all the time when it shouldn't be inserted. And people who are handling this data don't know how to do don't know how to use it so that's a big problem is yes it, it's good to have analytics but it's used way too much and way in in, in the wrong way today so anyway let's talk some hockey yes that's yeah. what we brought you on here for the abs getting started tomorrow <laughs> i wanted night. to do my uh i wanted to do my mel kuiper jr impression oh that's pretty good <laughs> that's not bad 
I, I wish I had a uh, ta uh, 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 an impression. Uh, we'll have to. We'll have to. I'll have to on work there. on. We'll have to yeah. polish. I can't do a lot. It's so good. I can't do a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Av's getting ready to take on the Nashville Predators in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, that game is the first game is. Tuesday, May 3rd. For everyone listening out there. Uh, so today, for everyone listening today, on the first day the podcast comes yep. out. And then yeah. and then what? <laughs> Hockey plays a lot more frequently than basketball. So you gotta be you gotta be aware as a fan. They play like every other night, if not even back to back sometimes. It's way cooler. Uh, NBA, yeah. they drag that thing on for months, man. Well, I mean, I don't know. The NBA is more watched. More people care about the NBA. They need those time slots. I feel like the NHL just like let's just get the this NHL done. just sticks it into let's some random <laughs> sports just... network. So that's fun. Although this first game is on the ESPN, so that's nice. Uh, I think that'll be easy for everyone to find that game. It's 2022. Shouldn't it be easier to watch games? Don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. Don't okay. even get me started. I, I have had this problem thoroughly over every sporting event, that, either locally or nationally, over the last few. You just got to have the right package. Really? I, th- I find it rather <sighs> easy. Do you? Well, you have yeah. a direct Not all TV. of us are like making to be rich. as much money. Yeah, Jesus you know? Christ. It's like to be- <laughs> <laughs> Go easy on us, man. It's DirecTV, though, right? You have altitude. Well, there's other ways that I can't necessarily put out here. Connor's going to wipe air, his but, tears uh, with his hundreds. Yeah. You know, he, he, there are certain websites. One of the 75 uh, that I don't necessarily do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but but if you want to find a game, you can find it. That's all I can mm-hmm. say. That's I got rid of my cable, and I now pay $10 subscriptions for like 20 different. <laughs> yeah. you know? It ends up being more. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but the variety is there. It's just yeah. like one channel. You know what you, they should you do? Know what it is? It's the Turner whatever. that the, the TBS, TNT, they don't offer that to anything. They need to bundle all those streaming services together and they should just call it cable. Patent that now, yeah. bro. You got that's actually a, idea. Yeah, that's not You mine. got about a 12-hour window yeah. till this episode airs, Tyler. So if you mm. want to go... Get a patent on that. You better work on it. Okay. All right. We're talking. All right. I know it's tough to hot talk hockey on the show. We're talking hockey. Tell us a little bit about Smashville over here. <laughs> well, what, 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 what do they like to do? What, what does the, the Predators want to do to the abs? Like, what is their, what's their game plan here? Well, I mean, Nashville is, re- honestly, of all the teams in the playoffs, Nashville is one of the most overrated. In my opinion. I mean, they come in, they've been battling with Dallas. The last couple teams in the West are not great right now. But Nashville is 3-1 and one against the Avs this year. And the way they've won is grinding the Avs out, playing that real neutral ice hockey, which I was just watching the first period of uh, Boston-Carolina as you guys were starting the show. And that's how things change. More neutral ice, a little more you know physical. But that's what Nashville is. They are a physical team. Now, they have their defenders who like to get up the ice and get involved in the offense a little bit. They they can be more finesse if they need to be. I mean, they've got guys like Matt Duchesne who don't like to hit at all, you know, but um, they're going to get physical. They're going to try and muck things up. They want to make the abs as uncomfortable as possible, and that means making them take shots that aren't easily set up, shots that, you know, not letting them set up their offense and get comfortable. So expect a physical, a lot of what you may consider cheap shots, you know, and, and look, for a lot of fans getting into hockey at this point in the season, maybe they're cheap shots, maybe they're not, but it's going to be a very physical series. So that's what Nashville is going to want to do against the Avs is make things muddy, take the Avs out of their element and make the Avs play as physical and 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 as tough a game as possible in terms of the value of shots on goal. Now you uh, okay, so a little bit like how what we saw with Dallas a couple years ago uh, when when they actually bounced the Avs well, from the playoffs. I mean, and look, the the Avs for some reason struggle against Dallas. It seems like every time they play them, 
you know, you've got one or two guys from from Dallas, whether it's you know Rupe Heinz or. Uh, whoever it is, you know, stepping up and playing a great game against the Avs. I don't know why it is because the Dallas Stars are typically a team who likes to play defensive and they don't score a whole lot, but they play Colorado and they just start ringing it, it in. You so. did say they were three and one against well, Nashville. The Avs, is, Nashville, but, is, but I, I, I took a look back at some of those games today. Yeah, and one of them, if you remember, if you guys remember, I'm sure someone a listener out there is like, oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, the Avs got called for like a completely bogus too many men on the ice. And it completely cost them the game. Uh, they got called for, you know, and, and then bogus. they lost. You yeah, know what? Well, if you look at the replay. No, uh, it was bogus. Now, yeah. I'll talk about that call in a second. Bogus would be a great word for Wordle. <laughs> That'd be a great Wordle word. For Wordle. Yes, yes. Somebody still needs to explain this. Oh, Wordle's great. To me because Wordle's I have great. not even dove into but, that at but let's all. talk about the penalty and then at the end wordle. we'll wordle it up no yeah. I'll tell you about it yeah. but but that that was I mean that's what the regular you know what I love that I love that happened to the abs because they learned a little bit right you can't get away with even the slightest you know uh, infractions like that whether it's overtime or late in the third period but also for a team that we know is going to come into the into the playoffs where the abs are hopefully healthy Put the abs in as many tough situations as, as you can. Put them in a four on three overtime. Put them in all, you know, I'm okay with the abs being challenged and being, you know, challenged to do different things and look at the game in different ways. All that stuff is nonsense because now it's about one thing and one thing only. We can, it, 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 the same is for, you know, every team the abs are going to play, whether it's Nashville or the, the uh, uh, Wild or the Blues in the second round. Just wipe the slate clean. Everything starts now. So it doesn't matter what's happened in the past and all those penalties. It all starts now. That's what's so exciting about the playoffs and what we should be excited about. It doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. No President's Trophy. That's fine. It all starts now. Okay. I uh, saw today that uh, news came out from the Nashville Predators that I'm going to say this name because I know I'm going to botch it and hopefully you can correct me after that. But forever in my mind, this is how it's pronounced. Juice Saros, right? I mean, J U U S E. Juice. That's so bad. You say Saros. Juice is way too cool of a name. It's you say. Okay. So, by the way, for those listening out there that know about as much about the players for the Nashville Predators as I do, he's the starting goaltender for Nashville. They announced he is not expected to play at least through the first two games. Well... That's generous. That's, I mean, I don't think we see him this series. Uh, it's a high ankle sprain. He's a smaller goalie, and smaller goalies who rely on movement and quickness and agility. A high ankle sprain is one of the worst injuries you can have. Um, so I don't think we see him this series. If he does, he's playing at 80%, which is good for the Avs. I think that's ridiculous to think he's going to play. Now, how big of an impact is that going to have on this series? Mm, David Riddick isn't bad. Like David Riddick is a pretty solid goalie. He's been a he's been a goalie his whole career, ranked in my like consensus rankings going back because you can retroactively do a whole bunch of stuff. High low forties to high twenties, like right in that range. And he is this year. He's actually playing some of the best hockey he's played, and so. You know, it is going to impact them because I think it's a mental thing. You know, they know that their best goalie's not there, but it's not going to have all this huge impact. That It's not like the Avs are now so much more of a favorite. I mean, in terms of a percentage, let's bump them up 2 3%, but besides that... As you do. It's, it's, not, a, <laughs> it's not a huge deal. So, uh, you know, he's played... By the way, David Riddick, he's played... Most of his career was in Calgary. He's played with Mike Smith for a lot of his career. 
Um, he, he, but he's he's not fantastic. So, speaking of health, I know the Avs have been dealing with a little bumps and bruises. They've also had some rest, right? They've been kind of resting some players uh, to try and make sure they are healthy. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us right now about the state of the Avs' health? Are we going to see Gabe Landeskog? Well, is he going to be here? Yeah, Gabe is back, man. He's Gabe's back. back yeah. Uh, the uh, look, Avs are healthy. The Avs are ready to go. The only concern right now, I think uh, uh, Nazem Kadri has like an illness, non-COVID illness, which I love how you have to specify these days. I was going to say, how long are we going to continue that? (laughs) Non-COVID illness. You get a sniffle out in the public. No, 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 it's just allergies, guys. It's allergies, I swear. Nothing's going on. We've continued that since the beginning of time. All right, so non-COVID, non-Spanish flu, (laughs) non-bird flu. Yeah, but uh, no, so... uh, No polio, no polio. he's, He's game time decision as of right now for game one. Uh, Kadri, which honestly, that's a big piece. I mean, yeah. he's yeah. Uh, that's a big deal. Can I just say real quick? I think I think non-COVID related illness has just officially replaced flu-like symptoms. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're totally right. right. It ultimately, right. still means hungover. The end of the day, it's just a little, a little okay, too so, much than that before. So we know we we know we need McKinnon a lot. How much do we need like a Von Miller type McKinnon, circa 2015 Super Bowl run? From Von McKinnon. Miller, where are we at? Like a McKinnon. No. How, how bad do so we Von, need? Von went on. I, I, you know what's? Yeah, oh, yeah. A crazy run. Right, yeah, right. yeah. How, so, how bad so, do we so need one of those? Want to run? Honestly, we don't want that. I what I want this playoffs is to see because the scoring comes a little bit down in the playoffs. Points are at a premium. I want to see more assists. I want to see more of everyone else getting involved. This can't be the Rantanen, Landis Gog. Uh, McKinnon show. It's got to be a lot more than that. So we've got to get everybody involved. I don't want one player to be standing out and having all these goals. What that means, essentially, think about that. If that's the headline, what that means is a subheadline that we're not talking about is no one else is doing anything. So we want everyone to be contributing and assists and goals, and I, I don't want anyone to step up there. I know it sounds weird to say, but the ads are going to have to have a full look. And, and by the way, like we just talked about, a healthy roster, they need that health right now, and then hopefully they use it. So, is there any part of this uh, approach to this series that you expect the Avalanche to be thinking more about what they're going to do in coming series? Maybe I don't want to say looking past it, but maybe you do some strategic things with how you mess with your lines, how you're I mean, actually game, versus really trying to go win four games in a the, row. The answer is yes. And there's a lot of people out there going, "No, you win the series, you win. You 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 play right now. You don't look ahead to next Sunday." But the answer is, if the Avs want to take this seriously and understand how good they really are, they have to be assuming at least some strategic way they're going to get to the next round. And if they get to the next round, they can't put all their cards on the table in uh, in this series. So they've got to save a little bit each round. It's like in the, in the NFL. If you're going to go to the Super Bowl and make a Super Bowl run, you want to have something left for the Super Bowl. So even if you get knocked out, it, let's say the Rams last year got knocked out in the divisional round, didn't even make the, the, the conference finals. They had a lot up their sleeve they didn't show. That's like the Avs this year. So if they get knocked out this round, God forbid, I don't think they will at all. But they should have a lot up their sleeve they're not showing. So I think actually, yeah, you want to plan ahead and get ready for next round because you know it's going to be Minnesota or St. Louis. That's going to be a tough second round. So Do we dare make series predictions? Absolutely. Uh, we we kind of <laughs> put the hex on last time. We, we didn't do anything. We, we do can. This. Just Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Producer okay. Nick. Producer Nick. Okay. 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 Yeah. We're, we're going to go around. Tyler, you're last. Everyone okay. else gets to predict okay. first. Yeah, we're putting everyone else on the spot. So. Abs in four. It's not even close. Oh, Thanks. Nick's got abs in four. I don't think they sweep. I, I don't. I think they will lose one game. I'm going to take abs in five. 
I'm going abs in five. I uh, actually put my money on that too for minus one ten. Oh, <laughs> really? Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, while we're making predictions, I'll just be the other one. I'll go abs in six. Okay. So I you're think Nashville may snag one in Denver, whether it's one of the first two or game uh, five. You know, they're a tough team at home. Um, plus the Avs, it's going to be an adjustment period. Let's face it. They do have to make some adjustments here. It's not like they've been playing, you know, entrenched playoff hockey for a month now. So, you know, I'll, I'll give them six games. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it is four or five, but I'll go six. The way this all timed out is pretty awesome. I know it sucks that the Nuggets are out of the playoffs, but how great is it to transition from that happening over the weekend and now we go right into Avs playoffs starting Tuesday? Right? So <laughs> no break. No, you don't have any letdown. Now we just have to turn our focus and everyone out there put as much behind the Avalanche as we were putting into the Nuggets. Yeah. Hopefully we see a Let's little bit abs. of a longer run to get behind here. So right, well, thanks Tyler, for having me on. Hey, so what are you guys talking about us? when I leave? Wordle. Uh, we're, we have to Wordle. Okay. Wordle. Oh, Wordle. Wordle. Explain to me. We <laughs> what did time. I say it'd be a good word? What, did I, what was Bogus. that? Bogus. Bogus. That would okay. be a really so good word. How does one. this Wordle work? So I you get to uh, you get five. Is it five chances? Five or six. It's Is it five or six? I don't know. I think oh, it's come on. You, I think it's five chances. You get five opportunities to guess a five-letter word. And it tells you whether the letter you guessed is a correct letter in the word. And it also tells you if it's in the right spot. So it's Wheel of Fortune. It's kind of like Wheel it's of like Fortune. It's like Hangman. It's sort of like both of those. It's sort a, of. Hangman meets Wheel of Fortune meets some weird new age app. Yeah, and, and for those who are listening who are under 25, no, Wheel 30, of Fortune 30. is a TV show <laughs> that used to air that, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so Wordle's a fun game. I play like all the time now. Producer Nick got me onto it. Once a day. I, I think I'm going coffee. to stay away <laughs> from it. No, what? No, it seems dangerous, man. It seems dangerous. You can only and, play once a day. Oh, well, this is good. Jesus, Jared. Okay, this yeah, is good. It, it's actually <laughs> not, not bad at all. Um, hey, by the way, I try to shelter myself as hey, much as I can. Actually, I know you guys are, are are trying to get this going, but before I leave, I prepared a little something. Okay. I always come with a little fun, right? A little package. Oh God! Nick, can we get a little game show music we here? All right, hey, just 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 lightly, just a little light game show music. This is called Fun with Numbers. Okay. Okay. You guys know how I like numbers, like a little math, like a little data. Everyone seems to scoff at math. Okay, and I'm here to say, I'm here to defend the numbers, okay? So I'm going to make these a little fun, okay? I've got a few... That's a good Wordle word. Scoff. Ooh, that's a great word. Anything that has two of the same yeah, letters. Yeah, those are tough. Those are so tough. everywhere you go, you guys just see five-letter words now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got three here. This is just fun with numbers. This is just fun facts, okay? Just sit back. This isn't a game, no trivia. Just some fun facts, okay? We'll start with the NFL. Did you know that since 1999, two-point conversions in the NFL... Passes and runs. What do you guys want to guess? What's more successful? You said this wasn't a game, so no. Okay, <laughs> producer Nick's taking himself out. <laughs> I'm gonna say on, Nick. Nick can't cheat on this game, uh, so he doesn't want to play. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say passes are more successful. Yeah, I'm gonna say passes too. Nick, do you want to guess or no? No, when it's not a game, it's education. Passes have a 44 percent success rate. Rushes have a 62 percent success rate. Isn't that crazy? I, mean, I guess you're only two I, yards Honestly, away. I, felt, I, I felt like rushes was the obvious answer, so I went the opposite. Well, you were wrong. Uh -huh. So that's a little nugget for you. Uh -huh. All right, let's go to the MLB stolen bases. All right, so in general, the value of a stolen base is .153 runs, and the cost of a caught stealing is .428 runs. So do any of you... Uh, I am doing this again, Nick, so you don't have to I'm do this. I'm not playing. You don't have to be cringy. Or you don't have to be, uh, what's his name? Oh, Scrooge. That's what I was thinking. Cringe, also Scro a good word. Uh, Scrooge and cringe. <laughs> now I'm starting to count them up. Um, what's, what is the percentage 
that MLB teams on average need to go to make a stolen base successful in a year? To make a stolen base successful? Yeah, so, so at the end of the season... Oh, to have, a, to have a, a net positive. Yeah, so at the end of the year, added. if you have stolen base success rate of this, it is considered okay. successful. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say... 55%. Ooh, my, okay. my answer is that you have approached a level of math, which is why you're successful at betting and <laughs> no. I am not. All right. That is my I'm final answer. I'm trying to answer. make this fun. Maybe that was too much. <laughs> it was 74%. Ooh. Isn't that high? Ooh. It is, yeah. Yeah, it is very high. And it's because the value of a stolen base is getting the... getting out is, is worth a lot more than actually getting to second. Uh-huh. Yeah, so all right. All right, last one. And this is based on last week's show. I listened to last week's podcast. Hey everyone, uh, Tyler, first time listener, long time. Uh, first time, long time. Thanks first for time, joining. long time. All right, no, uh, first. Uh, all right, so anyway, you guys had a debate about Draymond Green. Okay. Is oh my Draymond... god! Don't do this right now. Okay. No, 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 don't do this right now. No, no, no. I have some. Stats. Oh my god! <laughs> I have That's stats. the last thing I wanted to talk about today. Oh, hold on, soaps. I think you may actually like this because for a well, long I know time, I'm right. for a long time, I was a Draymond hater. Well, you can hate him, and I, and I no, no, no. But I, you know, I don't operate on those grounds. Yeah, obviously. I hate based on what people do to the end score, right? At the end of the game, I thought Draymond, little average, you know, maybe overrated. And I don't bet a lot of NBA, so let's make that clear as well. So I don't, I'm not tied into this like you guys are. So I heard your show last week, and I'm thinking the same thing. I'm going, I agree with Jared. Who is this Draymond Green? You know, I call him Draymond Brown because he's dried up to me. But <laughs> that but was listen, tough. That uh, was but um, <laughs> okay, yeah, that was my. I'm done. Actually, it was all for a joke. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so what I did was I went back and looked because you know the numbers never lie. Okay, math never lies, and numbers don't have an opinion. So listen, Nick, I went and did this. I went and looked at Draymond and com- and compared him defensively last couple of years. Because Jared, I've got something to tell you. All right, let's let's pretend that we can collect every player from the last 10 years. And each player individually from the season it can, can be taken out, okay? So Jokic of this year can be drafted or Jokic of last year can be drafted, okay? Do, do, here, let me grab this for you, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, Tyler, yeah. you also are like the secretary intern within here as well when you're here, just right. so you know. All right, so just follow me here, okay? Let's pretend we take all every pool of NBA players every year and just put them in a room and they wait to be drafted. And then the next year, we put him in a room and the way to be drafted. So we have 10 years of NBA players. So we can draft Jokic of this year, and we can draft Jokic of last year if no one's taken him. Okay, if we're, do, if we're doing a draft. Okay, so if that were the case, and we have every player in the NBA the last 10 years, we'd have a room of, I don't know, about 6,300 players or so, okay? Uh-huh. 6,300. And let's say we're talking, okay? And we get together as the Red Rocks group, and we get to draft a team, and we say, all right, guys, let's do this. Let's take the 15 best total defenders. And you can have duplicates, right? Because you're going to the same player, as I said, in a different year. And let's take the 15 best defenders the last 10 years. Okay, you can have duplicates. And let's get them in a just little group over here so we can evaluate them separately. Because 6,300 people is a lot. So let's take the top 15, put them over here. Five of the top 15 would be Draymond. Draymond, 13-14, 15-16. He is an all-time actual defender. And I didn't under... And, and this is according to advanced stats. This is 538's Raptor ratings. Ooh. This isn't defense... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this dude. isn't defensive That's NBA true. ratings. This, this is advanced 
538 Raptor ratings. This is what it's based on. If it's, so, say, if it's labeled Raptor, that's how you know. Mm-hmm. That's how you know. Yeah. So look, so that, right, that's Jared, my I still want to see this list. Allow my man Jared to retort. Go I ahead, still want to see this list because Duh. if he's 5 out of 15, <laughs> are, there, are we talking there's a group of guys statistically significantly better than him? No, there, there's a couple Rudy Gobert's in there. There's a Kawhi Leonard. There's a, you know, but overall... There's a Hall of Fame player. It's a Hall of Fame player. See, I think this goes back to part of my point from last week. Why do you got to do us like this, I don't argue that he is a good defender. He's a very good defender. Does that put a guy in the Hall of Fame? Jared, Jared. Okay, Yeah, we're saying saying elite. Usually if you're elite, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but, okay, but, but if everyone that's a top 10 elite shooter in the NBA every year makes it to the Hall of Fame, generally speaking, and everybody it, who's a top 10 ball hander generally in the speaking, makes it's it to the, the Hall of Fame. Generally speaking, it's the same guys that are elite in the top 10, so yeah. But if you do isolate it, if you do isolate it, I think it's different because best shooters, best ball handlers are, those are blended. Best defender is in its own category. A lot of people get in for their own best defender. And again, Jared, I was on your side before this. This is, this is tough okay. to, okay. to, to be I will, right I will move a little bit in your guys' direction and say he belongs in the conversation. No, no. Here was Can my, we? here's my problem. You guys missed the whole point. You guys missed the whole point. The problem was Connor was primarily using that as an excuse for Jokic fumbling the, the ball and, and turning it over. You should never put Jokic in a position to where, oh, oh, he's guarded by a good defender. Therefore, let's like excuse him and wait, let wait, these, wait, wait, and let up, these things up. go. Actually, actually. It's like I was, the Chris I was Bryant actually thing. using it. I was actually don't using it. Don't, don't, don't. My stat of the week was how good Jokic was. He was leading the NBA in, in scoring for playoffs and with field goal percentage. Um, so I was actually trying to add to how impressive that was. That that no, was my what whole you were point doing is up. you were giving him a backdoor excuse, saying this is why Jokic did what he did in front of everybody. Draymond Green is so amazing of yeah, a defender. Uh-huh. That's what I had a problem and, and with. Jokic it, was still you made it about Jokic. You made it about yes. Jokic. I don't know. And I, I'm here to say Jokic is or, uh, uh, Draymond is a great defender, like they said. But don't make the conversation that Jokic missed it because of this guy. If Jokic is elite, it no, shouldn't matter who, you're, you're, who's you're, guarding him. But you're but you're getting it wrong. I was. I'm not, try, I'm I was not. go back and listen. My no, I don't know. All right, I know I got to get out of here. Yeah, get I have out of one here. thing. I have <laughs> just one thing. up and you're going to leave. I have one thing to leave you guys on. Okay, I rarely make generalizations you know this right rarely rarely but you know how people say Mm -hmm. in life there's two kind of people in life i'll tell you what two kind of people in life this guy right this kind of person i've figured it out i figured out the most accurate this kind of person in life a or b do you want to hear it yeah okay it's those who like cheetos crunchy Ooh. Or those who like Cheetos puffs. Obviously, Cheetos crunchy. There are one of, of course, Obviously. Cheetos crunchy. Duh. I wish. Is this even a debate? I wish yeah, that puffs. they offered both together Ooh. in the same bag. That's, that's, that's so good. I agree. Crunchy is the way to go, but puffs. What if we threw like puff balls are even better? What if we threw like on top of those? We did puffs, crunchy, and then. Spicy crunchy. Oh, the, okay. 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 See, okay. but spicy okay. chips, ooh, man. That was a good ooh. Yeah. See, now you're uh, now, now you're getting too in the weeds here because ooh. I actually prefer I prefer the uh, I prefer those spicy cheddar jalapeno ones, mm, the crunchies, yeah. more than That's any Cheetos. No, 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 dude. The best, most underrated is Fritos Honey Barbecue. Oh lists. yeah, oh yeah, underrated. Yeah, yeah definitely. No okay, this like is going to be a topic a one of these days, but it is going <laughs> to so be good. a different day than this hey, day. I just want to end on so, that. There's two kind of people in this world. Those 
those who love crunchy Cheetos well, and Jared, those who love the puffs. I'm dropping the mic after that. Jared from the top rope with wanting to blend the bag. That's right. Goodbye, Walgie. Right. I don't like to identify <laughs> one way or the other, okay? I, I don't want to go there, okay? Uh, all right. We need to get to uh, one, uh, one or two other things before we get out of here, but now it is time for... This day in sports history. 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 All right. I got a couple for you today. May 1st, 2004. Giants outfield Barry Bonds sets the MLB record for being intentionally walked four times in a nine-inning game during a 6-3 to defeat of Florida in San Francisco. Surprised that wasn't the Rockies. <laughs> yeah. Four times. It's pretty Seems crazy. Seems like they're always the one that people set records against. All right, here we go. Five, May 2nd, 1909. Honus Wagner steals his way around the bases in the first inning against the Cubs. Whoa. He steals second, third, and home. Really? That'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool to see live. Yeah. That would right. be I'd go crazy. <laughs> that would be crazy. All right, I got two more for you. May 5th, 1989. My birth year. Mike Tyson gets his second oh, Mike Tyson. speeding ticket oh, Mike Tyson. for drag racing. In Albany, New York. Not one, but two. He's got two drag racing speeding. Tickets. I got a back. Spinal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I would think Albany would want the press and the attention. I'd probably let him keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike, just do it again so we can pull just you over again. Just do it again. again. Yeah, we need three. Uh, all right. Last one for you. May 6th, 2019. What do you guys know about Pablo Sandoval? Anything? The panda? Yeah, yeah. What do you think about it? What's the first word that comes to mind? Uh, at one point, was a really good hitter and really fell off and got really fat. Really large. Really, really large, fat. man. Okay, so 2019, Pablo Sandoval becomes the second MLB player since 1900 to throw a scoreless inning, pitching, hit a home run, and steal a base in the same game. In the San Francisco Giants 12-4 loss in Cincinnati, it joins Christy Mathewson from 1905. Important question. Is that the only stolen base he ever had in his career? <laughs> I don't know. He wasn't that fat at the beginning of his no. career. He was and like he the, was actually a pretty good athlete. Yeah, but 2019, hey, hey, let's just be clear. Yeah, 2019 true, is not the true, beginning yeah, of his career. True. That's this was three years three ago. Years hey, what ago. a stolen wow. base. Yeah, I know, right? That's a lot of heart. And I guess that steal. It's like me running around the bases in softball. Like almost. What kind? Of, wonder what kind of forty he runs. <laughs> I don't know who would win a forty, Hammer Connor. Uh, that, that's a good one. That's a that's a good. Well, stat of the uh, weekend. We'll, we'll put that on the list of things we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. All right. That's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. This this. All way. right. If everyone's okay with it, I want to talk some Nuggets, but very little about the series that we just watched. I think we beat that. What what's the new saying? You're not supposed to say. Yeah, beat, I know. You're supposed horse. to say uh, feed a fed horse. We fed that horse. Okay. Uh, feed a fed horse. I like. Yeah. Uh, well, no. I I always like to be fed after I eat. Yeah, I know. But so then I don't you know feel like crap sense. when you go to bed. Isn't that the worst? Yeah. Then you make that bad decision at nine o'clock at night. Nikola Jokic is about to buy a new horse. Is he? He is, according to Tim Connolly. How big of a horse do you think? A Clydesdale, obviously. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. So I want to talk a little Nuggets off-season versus reflecting on the season. I want to put you guys in the the GM shoes. We're going to play a little game called Voting Booth. For those of you out there that didn't know, Tim Connolly is not the Nuggets GM. Everyone kind of assumes he's the GM. He is the president of... 
basketball operations. Uh, Calvin Booth is the GM. And you know what? Frankly, I think it's about time that this man got paid some due and we named a game after him. So we called it voting. I disagree. Yeah, but Calvin Booth is not really the decision maker. He is more of a, a, a money guy. I mean, really? Like, I'm sure he helps in the process, but come on, let's be real. Tim Connolly is the guy. So this is why none of us have heard of Calvin Booth. Yeah, Tim Connolly is is the one that deserves the credit. Nonetheless, hey, all right, I am going to name this segment after one Calvin Booth, the man that is so important to the development of this team. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is voting booth, guys. We're going to talk about some of the moves, the decisions that the Nuggets have to make this offseason. Now, I will say, not all of these are GM decisions. Some of them will be coaching decisions decisions and and that the coach will need to make Michael Malone next year but you guys give me a yes or no do you think yes they should do this no they should not feel free to elaborate as you feel necessary along the way first and foremost we're going to talk about some of the free agents okay specifically I want to call out Boogie Cousins should the Nuggets re-sign Boogie Cousins Uh, if they have the money then absolutely I uh it's interesting because I don't know what Boogie I, I really don't I thought about this a lot over the last week or so, I have no idea what Boogie Cousins is going to get in the free market. And so um, I don't expect the Nuggets to have a ton of money, uh, obviously with the Supermax coming from Nikola Jokic. So if they can find a way to do it, then absolutely, yes. I definitely think they should do it, right? But I understand that there's some, uh, you know, it, it gets tricky when you deal with uh, how much is he going to get per year, right? Do I want them to, to re-sign Boogie? Again, Connor kind of won me over. I was not a fan at the time. But yeah, I mean, why not? To Connor's point, he pretty much nailed that I'd love to have a, a better take. But he was he was solid. He was, he was super solid and came through in crunch time. Now, granted, are there some guys in the draft that maybe will necessitate the ability for us to let go of Boogie Cousins? Sure. I guess how much does winning matter to Boogie? And what other contenders can offer Boogie? Maybe the Utah Jazz and can he- offer Boogie Cousins a contract because certainly it seems like a uh, Mitchell Gobert split is well on its way. So you guys both just touched on it that as the the season went on, and obviously he didn't join the Nuggets till late in the season, but as he got a little more comfortable, a little more involved, he really started to perform better and better. Did he maybe? work his way out of an opportunity to play in Denver because they won't be able to afford him. And now he's going to get too many other contracts Maybe. from potential contenders. Although now he uh, he also had an insane amount of technicals. And so <laughs> this is also true. So, you know, and, and like we've talked about it before. We we have fed the fed horse to death on this one. But uh, no, no, you st- can't add to death on it. That's the whole oh, thing. Sorry, We're trying to the, not kill we this fed horse. the fed horse to fullness. <laughs> this, so, uh, but honestly, like Teams are going to look at that too, you know, and some of it's his fault. Some of it's not his fault. Like he, he obviously gets a really bad rap with the refs, but it is what it is. He got an insane amount of text that will absolutely play into, you know, potential contract negotiations moving forward. So, okay. So the, the other group of free agents that the Nuggets have almost exclusively, at least guys that are real contributors fall into the guard category. It's pretty much all of their backup guards are coming up for contract for the most part. So I'm going to kind of go rapid fire through here and you guys again feel free to elaborate and slow me down if you think we need to discuss anyone particularly but i want to know yes or no do you think they should these are the guys that the nuggets have control or they're complete unrestricted free agents okay and i'll tell you which one's which along the way so for your unrestricted free agents bryn forbes keep and because we need him he couldn't he can't he can't play any worse 
And that's it. I think he can't play any worse. It's a guy you got to keep. It's a guy that if you get him into the rotation can actually provide some solid, solid minutes. Did his size get exposed during the playoffs against a very small Did Golden his State poor team? Te- poor defense get exposed? <laughs> yes. Did his poor decision making get exposed? <laughs> yes. Yes. So do you disagree, Connor? Uh, yeah, I, I say dish him. Okay. Okay. Later. Austin Rivers, also unrestricted free ah, agent. Keep. Absolutely keep. That guy has won me over. I was not an Austin Rivers fan. I definitely have been on the record talking some smack about Austin Rivers. Absolutely keep. He's the Nuggets' best uh, perimeter defender, and I think he could do really well off the bench for the Nuggets. Even a fully healthy Nuggets squad, keep him. If the Nuggets are at full strength, and we know that MPJ and I, again, I know they're different ultimately positions, but him and Murray come back. He's good for 15 to 20 minutes. He was just overused yeah, all year. Yeah, totally. Okay, now moving on to the restricted free agents. I don't truly know how any of that works in the NBA. I know different leagues have different things, but these are the guys under the Nuggets control, their decisions to make. Uh, Devon Reed. I'll oh, keep. No out. doubt. I say out. Oh, out? I say Ooh. out. Okay, all right. If you're going to bring in, like, uh, well, although he's not even going to be healthy, but uh, uh, yeah, I, you know what? No, keep. Keep. Nick's crazy. This is a guy who who proved that he can play some defense. He can make some. He he shoots the three decently well. Uh, I absolutely say keep, and I actually say that he should not even be on a two way contract. Get him on the full fifteen roster and boot Faku. Oh, we'll get there. Don't I worry. I, we'll I, there. I don't hate. I don't hate that take at all. I think that. Every time Reed gets a, pl- a chance to play, he affects the game positively. Is it a guy that ultimately makes or breaks your team? I say no. I mean, unless you can get like a PJ Dozier back, uh, it, it, you know. But he's coming off ACL; he probably won't sure. play. Yeah, I just or, um, again, if, if we go to Faku, I'd rather, I'd much rather have Reed than Faku. So oh, yeah, again, no I, doubt, okay. no doubt. All right, one more before we get to Faku. All right, uh, Marcus Howard, irrelevant, irrelevant. Out. Uh, another two way if you can. I don't know if you. I don't know the rules on yeah. how many consecutive years you can have someone on a two way. But uh, if you can't have him on another two-way, then sure, keep him around. You know, he's he's kind of a uh, Bryn Forbes light, if you will. And, and you don't even want to keep Bryn Forbes. No, but but having him on a two-way. That's why yeah. you get the but, light. Well, I would take Bryn Forbes if he could go on a two-way contract. But if he would go he on won't. a diet. He will not be on a two-way contract. So uh, I, I say uh, keep Howard if you can put him on a two-way contract. That's just my, I don't know. So that's my, uh, okay. my asterisk. Okay. Okay. And not then out. The last one, of course. Facundo Compasso. Are you ready? Are you ready? One, two, three. Out. He's 100% gone, you guys think? Is there any chance you see them coming back? No chance. I don't know. He's Michael Malone. I know he didn't play him down the stretch, but he likes him. Out. No chance, man. There's 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 not a spot for him, really. Like, No. Okay. No. All right. Moving on from their own internal free agents, do you think the Nuggets need to add a three and D wing in free agency, or is there a position you think is more important that they should target with what little cap space they have? Man, that's tough without looking at a uh, list of of who might be available sure. for the you know whatever and cap in the draft. Space. But absolutely, I would say a hundred percent they should look to add a three and D. You know, but then again, like it's kind of like edge rushers. <laughs> like in the in the NFL, that's like, going to be our new line like, on this. Yeah. Like every, like edge rushers, you just never going to have two. Well, like seriously, like every team in the entire NBA is looking for three and D players. So like, yeah, duh, you I'd, should definitely I'd much add rather, three and D. I'd much rather take that money and sign Boogie. And again, it kind of is wild that I'm saying this, but I, that's I, I would prefer they sign. But he is a, he is a really good backup. It was it was like a perfect uh, fit. Uh, it was it was good. It so. was it was great. So of course, you know, I would like to see him try and attack that in the draft if they could. Sure. Like, you know, because they actually do have their draft pick, we have discovered. We were, we which were, is, which will lead right into the next uh, question then. <laughs> yeah. Should they use that draft pick 
to draft a player or use it in a trade package to try to bring in a veteran. I don't think the package, I don't think the actual trade value of the pick has much value. Now, again, again, we drafted Jokic second round. I actually like what Tim Connolly does in the draft. I think he does a fantastic job, so I'd much rather see him keep the pick and, and see if we can strike again. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, I would it's, too it's, because, I, because also in a trade, like the Nuggets just don't, they don't, they're not going to have this cap space. Like, any notion that the Nuggets are going to be able to go out and just like get this really impactful free agent? I mean, it's kind of a myth. Like, you know, you might be able to get some, uh, I don't know. I'd have to look again. I'd have to look at the list of free agents, but I, I feel like the notion, this notion that the Nuggets are going to be able to trade a draft pick and like bring in some kind of big name guy, like it's a, it's a pipe dream. So I, I would like to see him go after it in the draft. I would love to see him try and get that three and D, you know, or even if nothing else, just kind of a perimeter fend- defender that can shoot that's competent at threes. I would like to see that in the draft. They're bringing back a couple of good uh, three-point shooters. Well, and, and, and we haven't even mentioned MPJ Zeke Naji, well. who's still under contract, obviously, and didn't play in the, in the playoffs a whole lot. But, I mean, he was our... I, if you just look at the numbers, he was the Nuggets' best three-point shooter this year. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, no, I, I don't... I do not want... I don't really see them going out and making a big trade or anything like that. Uh, and if you did, you'd have to find a way to include MPJ. And I don't want to do that. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> now you Love guys it. are you guys are going to do what no GM should ever do. You're going to go down to the coach's office. And you're going to tell him the players he should and shouldn't be playing. Okay. So if it was up to you guys, should they move Will Barton to the bench? I think he's the perfect six man. I've always personally felt like that. I don't know the personal relationship with Michael Malone or, you know, if there's one thing I'll give Will Barton credit for is that he does seem to adjust his role based on how the team is structured. And I felt like Will Barton felt like he needed to score 20 points a game. So it's a tough question to ask without a healthy team. Uh, it's an interesting question. I know a lot of Nuggets fans out there want to say, yes, of course, obviously get him there. Uh, and, and obviously the the popular you know, the popular move, if you will, would be to put uh, uh, Bones in the starting lineup as your two guard. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I you know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going around 360 here. I'm going to say yes. I, I would like to see, um, I, and I think it, it's interesting on whether you put Monte Morris in the starting lineup next to Jamal Murray or if you put Bones Highland there. Uh, I think I would rather have Bones Highland try to be a starter, right? Be the, be the two guard, and then Monte Morris running your point off the bench is what I would like to see, and then Will Barton being your, your two guard off the bench. So that, that's what I would like. That's you what I would do. You continue to transition to my next questions, and so you just gave me your answer. I'll ask you, Nick. Should Bones Highland be that guy? If, if Will Barton goes to the bench, should it be Bones Highland in the starting lineup, or does it make more sense to keep a guy like Monte Morris who started all year for the Nuggets last year? Monte Morris is the perfect backup point guard. I, I, yeah. I could I not I could too, not yeah. feel that way any stronger. He's a guy that you definitely need to pay no matter what. He is literally, in my opinion, a perfect second team six man. It's going to be tough to see how Bones progresses. I mean, he's definitely a rookie. He definitely took some very poor shots with the exception of his three three-point outbursts during the one win that the Nuggets had. We'll just have to see who so, they sign and who they keep. You know what I mean? I It's so hard to tell. It, it's, it is interesting. It is, but he's got to gain like 20 pounds. He is his. That's his fine. Light. He's like 22 years old. He'll do that. We all did. So you that. can't you can't you can't put pressure on a guy that's 22 years old. He was good. I, he's got a lot of potential. I yeah, don't know. Only, and, and and Malone didn't even really like playing him. I, he had to play him. So well, the, the only thing I will say, 
there is at least something to be said about there's something to be said about Monte Morris being like you said a perfect backup point guard. He's excellent running the point guard, right? Jamal Murray truly is is a more natural shooting guard. Like he really is. He's a more natural two guard, right? Like on for defensive matchups and everything like that. Jamal Murray is better suited there. When I look at Bones Highland and like what he brings to the table, there's something to be said about this appeal of ha- of letting Bones do those things. Like like take those shots from like if he if he goes to the starting lineup with you know Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic is he really going to have that impact like is he going to have the freedom to really be taking those shots from the boneyard right like from the logo or is that more like a role that he's going to be better kind of doing that kind of what we say about Will Barton right like Somebody on the bench needs to step up and like and be a scorer, like an aggressive scorer. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think that's what the Nuggets lacked this year was that production off the bench. So if you can put two guards on the bench that are productive scorers, that your point guard coming off the bench can be a guy that can put up big numbers, can hit big shots. I think Monte Morris and what he does fits better with that. You allow your scorers to be scorers. That's why Will Barton needs to be on the bench. He tries to be a scorer amongst those guys. He needs to be that, you know, number one scorer off the bench along with, you know, a Boogie Cousins. And I think Bones Highland fits really well with that, especially this early in his career. As he develops, he's so, going to be. So probably you know what? I'm going to actually, start. I'm going to actually reverse a little of what I said. I think ideally, I would like to see Monte Morris as the starting point guard for the Nuggets. Jamal Murray as the starting two guard, and then I would like to see Bones Highland backup point guard and Will Barton backup two guard. That's that's my final answer. Nick, Nick is that bad? Am I? Am I? No, I don't hate crazy it. Crazy over I here. I guess it just depends on the amount of effort that Bones puts in, and I, I think there's a lot of, to like about the Nuggets. I think you have a lot of concerns with MPJ and he is the ultimate X factor to Jared's happiness. Neither him nor Jamal played at all to help the nuggets win. So we'll see how they come back. And I hate to give you a middle of the road answer, but that's the truth. So it's going to be an interesting off season. I think what we're going to find is nationally hundred percent. People are going to sleep on the nuggets going into next year. I even think locally people are going to kind of forget just how talented this team is when it's all healthy because they're not making any moves. They're not doing anything flashy. You're not going to really hear anything about the nuggets other than the health of their team. I think people are going to be sleeping on them next year. Watch out. Go make a bet early on next year on the Nuggets to win it all. You probably get yourself some good odds, okay? I think uh, that puts a wrap probably on the show for us here today, guys. A good one. Kind of had some fun. Got to talk a few different things. And we avoided talking about any losing. So. Has your opinion on Draymond Green changed? Officially, a little bit. I feel a little like bit, a little bit. Uh, I'm going to do some more of my own research uh, and I will let you know if you guys fully sell me. But I think maybe in the discussion, guys, to say he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer. I still oh, my God. That's far. horrible. I will say I had some buddies that are listening to the show that, that gave me a call right afterwards and they agree with you, Jared. Thank you. Thank but you. All crazy. You're all crazy. There. Thank You're you. You're all crazy. Please continue to follow us. <laughs> if you haven't already, go find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One for Connor and Nick. Tyler, thank you for joining us. I'm Jared. Have a great one, guys. Puffy Cheetos all the way. Mix that bag.